Welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening to our podcast, 11 Minutes With. And today with me is Hayley Leake. I'm Bart van Buchem. I'm your host today. I'm a pain specialist physiotherapist and based in location Amsterdam. Hayley today with me. Thank you for joining us. Um, she is a PhD candidate at the UniSA Adelaide and um, under supervision of Laura Mosley, Tasha Stanton and Lauren Heathcote. She is about to finish her PhD uh, very soonish, um, which is always uh, a tricky to say. So uh, very soon we'll be Dr. Haley and we will obviously adapt to that. Um, we got 11 minutes, Haley. Um, Let's go for it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is a challenge. <laughs> sort of. Well, you, you're used to challenges, I know. So <laughs> I think we will cope with it. So, um, Haley, we, we, we've been reading a bit about your research and recent publications, and um, it's really exciting, actually, that, that from my view, that, that this is this movement towards better understanding what people need rather than what we researchers or clinicians think that people need and you just dropped in that area and in the age of like teenagers mm. which i found really challenging generally so yeah <laughs> yeah, go I about this. Um, yeah i think it's a good move um that we're seeing across research in general is this push to be a lot more consumer driven and I feel like historically in research, we've kind of just, um, you know, done our research, then gone to the consumer and been like, do you like it? Like, is it good? <laughs> um, rather than having them involved from the very get go the whole way through, like even at the point of driving the research questions and then helping re like co-create resources. So I'm really excited about being in that space. Um, just done a study that, well, I'm kind of in the middle of it. It's not finished yet, but um, where we've been co-designing resources for teenagers with chronic pain um, and we've been using these really cool programs online um, where we're working on these whiteboards and um, we've got this designer involved and they're like designing our images and we come and go back and forth about if they're the right things um, so yeah I'm really excited about that kind of space and like I've had this thought lately kind of like I'm a physiotherapist by training and I worked clinically before I moved into the research space and I do want to stay in research. Um, but I often feel guilty that I'm not doing clinical work anymore. And I think, how am I going to make sure that my research is driven by, you know, consumers or what clinicians at the coal face are wondering about. And I think that making sure that we're working with consumers and that could be like, that's not just the person in pain. That could also be the, um, the clinicians as well or any stakeholder in the in it like if we're making sure it, the whole thing is driven in that way then it takes that guilt off my back a little yeah. bit i think it's really important mm. and, and so how did it change in your so how did how does it work in your research mm. and working with teenagers yeah. and and understanding what they feel like what's mm. going on in their bodies for example when they're in pain yeah, well, for this most recent project, um, we had some um, key learning objectives for pain science that were kind of created by um, like a Delphi study, which is like a consensus of clinicians and researchers about what should we teach kids with pain. And we took those to um, a group of young people with chronic pain and said, all right, we want to design a way to communicate this in a way that you think is fun and engaging and cool 
what should we do? And they were like, let's do it on social media. It's like, of course, that's where all the teenagers are. Um, and so how that works is like you sit in a room and for us it's a virtual room um, and we have like open conversations about how we should do this. And it's not my decision, like it's a consensus decision and it's the kids who drive it. So when they tell me only old people use Facebook, let's not do that, then we don't do it. And when they say, let's do it on Instagram, we do that. Um, and it was a really fun process because I kind of went into it thinking, we're gonna create content for social media that will help other kids learn about chronic pain. But it turns out that's not actually what this group of young people wanted. Um, they want resources that will help their wider network learn about pain. So they wanna be able to have like a post on social media that they can send like DM, direct message to their sister uh, to be like, see, this is the science behind, I'm not making it up because um, it's too hard describe it sometimes it's hard to have that conversation in person but we want resources that we can help our teachers learn about it like our friends learn about it it's not so much that they want to be able to help other kids with chronic pain I thought that was massively different in as a shift in what we were doing that wouldn't have come about if we weren't doing this as a co-design project I thought that was so cool all right so so how do you feel like this? so so who is Who's the, the the designer of it? So, but in, in social media, it, it appears to be that if this is a preference that is very much social media driven, and also perhaps how long would this be a preference? For example, do we need to adapt over time again and again because the the trends are moving very fast? Yeah, I think that's the way it's going to be if we're trying to aim at education then mm. they that will have to change as trends and like preferences change um we have to keep up with the mediums that people like to learn on um like if we're trying i think that if kids are on social media that's a nice place to be um to try to direct some messages towards them um it's not going to be the be all and end all though um it'll just be one space that might be useful um and in the project we also found like um they had lots of ideas about how else we could use these images. So we were creating these images that were really helpful to learn different concepts about pain and pain science. Um, and they were brainstorming how, oh, it'd be great if these could be posters that were at, like the school office so that like my teachers would see them or they were sitting in the waiting rooms of the doctors so that other people could learn. So I think there's gonna be lots of spaces to, to keep trying yeah. to create um, educational opportunities um, for the wider community. Mm. And so did you found in this process of the Delphi, but also in, 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 in um, your, your meetings with, with teenagers that maybe surprisingly or unsurprisingly that they, what about the quality of certain content? So um, I know there's mm. quite a bit around um, very regular used images and graphs, mm. for example. How, how did you find out that some of those things were surprisingly or unsurprisingly rated very well or very poor, for example? Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. So we showed them some images that already exist and asked them to like critique them. Do you like them? Do you not like them? Um, and like, for example, there's an image that I quite like that I've used before for education where there's 
um, you know, a brain and there's a switch and it's safety and danger and it flicks the switch. And um, we're like, does this, is this like a useful image? Cause we're trying to create imagery. Um, and they were talking about how actually something like that is very invalidating for them. They don't want anyone to get the idea that pain is just as simple as flicking a switch. Um, mm. And, and they, they wanted more complexity. So it was this balance between wanting the image to be very clean and easy to grasp quickly with minimal design on it, minimal words, but at the same time, not being invalidating by it, making inferences that um, you know, pain was a very simple and easy to fix problem. Um, so that kind of stuff I found very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How did you go from there with that particular image, for example, because probably there are other examples, but how do you go from there? Yeah, so we uh, we brainstormed to ask what what would solve that problem? Like, well, how do you want to communicate the message? The pain is kind of more complex. Um, and so they ended up um, creating this image um, that um, had a brain, um, but also had like a lot of telephones heading towards the brain, giving the brain lots of different bits of information. And it was having to process all of that. Um, and they preferred that as a method to let people know, well, pain is you know very much driven by the brain but it's really complex and there's lots of information that it's having to process um so that's where they landed with that image um we're sharing we'll be slowly um providing all these images on um on this instagram page they've created which i will find this name for so you can follow it if you want to because they'll all be publicly available and everyone can use them yeah. um as they want Let's find out what we've called it. We've called it um, oh. chronic underscore pain underscore project. So that's what the um, the page will be. And over the next month, we'll start releasing um, images every week that um, teens have co-created to help mm. other people to learn about pain. So we'll see how they go. And overall, do you feel like this is, is there been a gap or a, misunderstanding what we used to think that was right to do in education or learning about pain compared to what you know know now since you have sp spoken to the kids or teenagers and do the Delphi studies yeah I think some things that aren't really surprising that I would have expected is that you know, the education can be much more simple. Like we started off with adult concepts and they were very complex and they had descending modulation and all of this stuff. And um, it, we could just do things that are a lot more simple, but still get the message across really clearly for young people. Um, and I think with young people, we also need to address a pre-existing kind of belief that some of them have that their body is incapable of healing. Um, that was something kind of prevalent that came through in some data we've looked at um, mm. that um, I think is an important thing to think about. No, it's not always in the older adult population. We see them talking about, um, you know, my body is, my, my spine is crumbling. It's something I expect because I'm aging, but young people don't expect their body to be incapable of things. They just think they can't heal. So I found that something really important to address. Yeah. So I think that will drive your, goals and objectives in education, mm. I guess. So mm. I would be aware of it. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. And watching that clock time would go down. Oh, we're going stressful. down. What's going to happen at zero? Oh, it's going to explode, I guess. <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> there it is. Time's up. Time's up. Um, 
Uh, it was, was lovely. And I, I really found this last bit of like, what is this going to change in the clinic? And I, I think appreciation of the very specific, even preference, but adapting means probably a very different key target concept. You're, you're talking about different things, even though it's still about pain and it's ongoing. I love mm. the, the body. The body can still heal. I love that. Yeah, that was really surprising for me when some of the young people were telling us that, um, oh, well, chronic pain means you have it forever. It's permanent. And that's because your body can't heal. You've got an injury and it's not going to heal it. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting that that's the belief. And then when you dig further, um, we had one young person describe that, um, well, I know that because I've got a scar. So obviously my body won't be able to heal because I've got a scar. And like clinically, I would look at a scar and think, oh, that's the end point of healing. That's proof that your body can heal, not proof that it won't. Um, so it's, I think some of those things would be interesting to pull apart with young people. A bit yeah, more. we need to look into this much more. We will extend this, um, this chat a bit more. Um, uh, for all the podcast listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget about to check out on Instagram, chronic underscore, chronic underscore pain project, was it? Ah, yes. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like, what are yeah, we reading yeah, out? Yeah. Yes. Chronic yeah. underscore pain underscore project. That's the, the title for where all we'll right, be sharing that. Definitely give a go for that. You will be seeing some of the work that you've been doing over the time. Um, thank you for this bit. Uh, Haley. so uh, we move on thank you for listening everyone um, probably next um, week or so or next two weeks Haley will present her homebrew so you can enjoy two hours of her brain if you like <laughs> uh, and her thoughts and feelings and she will discuss with us um, live and um, you will see recordings as well um, thank you again for listening and um, see you next time Thank you.